Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo. Hey, 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 I'm back, and I'm not sick this week. Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast number 15, and I'm right here along with my sidekick, Jamie Pauls. How you doing, Jamie? Doing great, and it's good to be back with you. I was gone last week, and Miss Lisa held the fort down, and she did a great job. She was talking about Africa, man, and you know, I went to Africa, and it was awesome. I went to uh, Uganda, and I'm going to mention that later today as we process through, but I was in Uganda and what a beautiful place. We were in Uganda for a mission conference. And in that particular year, they were uniting the nations to build an army to take the nations over for the Lord. And it was great. There's a place there right in Uganda, trying to think of where it's near. It's near Kampala and it's called Prayer Mountain. And it's just amazing. You go up there, man, and it's empty and you're praising and worshiping with other people. And it's just so cool. You wake up in the morning and you hear all these birds that you just never hear anywhere else. Have you ever been out of the country, Jamie, at all? Just uh, over at the border into Mexico. And that is it. I've never been anywhere else. Would love to do it sometime. Mexico. Mexico, yes. What were you doing in Mexico? Family was on vacation in Texas and we just kind of went across the border to check things out. Uh, Now, my wife actually did a missions trip uh, in, um, I think it was Mission, Texas, and uh, went across the border and spent a week over there and came back with some wonderful stories, actually. A mission trip in Mission, Texas? Uh, that's the, yes, that's the... I love it. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. I forget the name of the town in Mexico that borders that, but yeah. Probably Mission, Mexico. That, that, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been on a couple of mission trips. Uh, last year I went to Cuba and, uh, went with another friend of mine and got to visit with the wonderful folks in Cuba. And it was right around June. It was very hot and lost weight there. I mean, everybody I got, I've talked to, Oh, I went to Cuba and I gained weight and it was, the food was so good. Food was okay, but you walk so much in Cuba that man i lost weight i must have come back 10 or 12 pounds lighter right literally after 10 days mm. so it was quite interesting but you know i'm sure you've noticed we've got a running theme tonight and that is friends you know and uh, that's what i want to talk about tonight jamie is friends excellent i've had this debate with people because paul calls us bond servants And this is true. We are servants of the Most High God, and we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. But at the same time as we are servants, slaves, if you will, we are also friends. And it says it right here in John 15, 15. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Wow. Yeah. So now what Jesus has done here is he's kind of raised it up a little bit. You know, you're not just servants. You're not just slaves. You're not just do as I tell you and that's it. I'm going to tell you all about it. And where does he tell us about what his father has told him to do? And of course, by uh, association, what we are to do through his word, you know, and that expresses a level of of intimacy, which brings me to a story, of course, of a very dear 
friend. I met my friend, oh goodness, it was, oh, about mm, six years ago, seven years ago or so. And he and I met for a very short time one day, and uh, he was with a bunch of his other friends and family and stuff. And I went up to meet him and, hey, how are you? And this and that. So uh, we were actually going to take a class together. So I left and came back. And as I started going through the process, I realized, wow, this class was a lot like separating yourself off to kind of go into service. But my friend was there with me all the way and we got to know each other little by little. You know, at first it was kind of apprehensive. Hey, you know, how you doing? And, and as I would get to know him and he would get to know me, we'd get to learn each other's habits. But oh my goodness, Jamie, by, oh, I'd say about three, four days into the whole thing, my friend and I were just tight. Mm, yeah. And as the years went by, Jamie, I'll tell you, you know, my wife used to joke around with me and say, man, he spends more time with you than I do. <laughs> But it was true. Yeah. It just seemed to be, even when I, when I was with my wife, my friend was there hanging out with us, just chilling, you know? And when I was on trips, my friend was there to help me out, to help me with whatever I needed. When I needed comfort, my friend was there. When I wanted to just goof off and play around, my friend was there. It was just one of the most intense relationships that I have ever experienced with a friend. And I learned what the true meaning of that friendship was. And it really hit me when my friend and I took a class together that I was telling you about earlier. Mm -hmm. And we were walking down the road and we were just walking, hanging out, you know, and I was talking to my friend and just encouraging him and whatnot. And all of a sudden, Jamie, this van barrels out of nowhere, dude, just out of nowhere hmm. and head straight for us. And my friend, Jamie, the friend that I had just met not even two and a half weeks before, pushed me aside, pushed me down to the floor and threw himself in front of that vehicle. Wow. For me. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. That was the moment, I think, that I really was able to connect with understanding what a friend we have in Jesus. I further was able to reminisce on that when my friend Jackson, my first service dog, passed away Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah. It was an amazing relationship, a relationship that demonstrates to me, sorry about that, guys. I'm, uh, it hurts because we didn't know that Jackson was sick. We just thought he was being lazy and lethargic yep. as retired guide dogs are and we took him in and he had cancer and it was real bad and the whole family wept and uh it was very very bad yeah but jackson was such a close friend and he reminded me you know there's a song and i'm going to play it for you today and it's called god and dog and it's kind of a silly song but it demonstrates just what unconditional love that friend has for you. I look up and I see God. I look down and see my dog. Simple spelling, G-O-D. Same word backwards, D-O-G. 
stay with me all day. I'm the one who walks away, but both of them just wait for me and dance in my return with glee. Both love me no matter what, divine God and canine mutt. I take it hard each time I fail, but God forgives. Dog wags his tail. God thought up and made the dog. Dog reflects a part of God. I've seen love from both sides now. It's everywhere. Amen. Bow wow. I look up and I see God. I look down and see my dog. And in my human frailty, I can't match their love for me. What an amazing thing God has done in placing a bit of his love in a companion for man. Yeah. And to me, it was just, wow. I was shocked at how deep, I mean, I knew I loved Jackson, but when, when I lost him, when he went home to the Lord, it was so intense. And I just got to thinking, man, is this the kind of separation that Jesus feels when he can't be with us? Because you know, God is not a respecter of persons. Jesus wants to be friends with everybody. He died for everybody. He gave his life for us. See, we had a car heading for us, and that car is called sin. And that, if it would have hit us, Jamie, it would have caused total and absolute separation from God for a long time, man. For a long, long time. I don't know how to even express the level of gratitude that I have for my friend Jesus Christ for stepping into my way and saying, let me take that hit for you. Let me take that hit upon myself. And that's the thing of that day as my dog took me and I'm walking and it was something called the traffic check, which is a very common thing done in guide dog training school where they basically take you and they demonstrate to you what would happen if you were to be in such a situation. And interestingly enough, a few weeks later, we were actually in Washington, D.C. We had just arrived in Washington, D.C. It was the first time there. And uh, Jackson actually pulled me across a street that was really crazy with traffic. And uh, right in the middle of the street, an ambulance just popped up out of nowhere. And Jackson just picked up and, you know, bailed. Come on, buddy. (laughs) Pick up. Chop, chop. But when that dog threw me down on the ground like that, and basically, he didn't know it was a check. Yeah. He didn't know it was a check. He didn't know it was a drill. He didn't know we were practicing. That dog was ready to die for me. I've never known a friendship like that. And, and you know, Jamie, besides my wife and children, I don't know if I've ever had a friend that I would do that for. Yeah. Have you ever had a friend like that? Do you have a, a friend story like that? You know, honestly... As far as a human friend, no, I, I had a dog for several years and, and so was never actually in 
the situation that you're speaking of where we were actually in physical danger. I think the thing that impresses me so much about the love of an animal and my wife and I have right now we have two cats. This will be our third cat since we've been married. One of our cats died about a week ago or this past week, rather our 14 year old cat uh, who we literally got about four days after our honeymoon became quite ill and she is okay now, but she became very dehydrated and and wouldn't eat. And we really thought we were going to lose her, but I think it's the unconditional nature of the love of an animal. They love you no matter what. You can be in a bad mood. You can snap at them. You can forget about them, maybe neglect them a little. They come back. They they love you and they forgive you. Now, the religious folk, of course, are going to be, he's comparing God to animals. Oh, my goodness. We got to pray for his salvation. You know what, guys? I think that God put the very love of the Father and the Son into these animals to say, you know, this is a demonstration. This is an earthly demonstration. You know, to me, this dog was there when I laughed and I cried, and he was there for the birth of my daughter, Amy. In fact, we call her the guide dog school baby Hmm. because they kept me away from my wife for 30 days. (laughs) So you know there's going to be a baby when I get back. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But... It was an amazing thing to experience that. In John fifteen thirteen, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. Boy, oh boy. That was the verse, and, and I read it because I, I don't want to paraphrase it, because hey, he's paraphrasing the Bible, you know. Yeah. We do get religious folks. I get your email. I really do. Oh, you didn't dot the I and cross the T. I'm <laughs> kidding. I, we actually have really, really good listeners that don't write me hate mail like that, but it's always fun to point at those that might write that kind of email. But um, this is direct from the Lord, and it's a great example When we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling that we have nowhere else to go, we can always turn to Jesus. Jesus is never going to get tired of hearing our laments. He's never going to say, oh, shut up already. Would you stop it with that? He's never going to say, oh, come on, grow up and you know, get a life or come on, stop telling me about that stuff. Jesus is never going to do that. You know, the book of Proverbs describes Jesus as one that's closer than a brother. Wow. Yeah. Closer than a brother. I've got a brother and a sister. I'm pretty close with them, man. And uh, Jesus is closer than a brother. I mean, my brother and my sister haven't given their lives for me, but he gave his life for you. I mean, it's a very simple message, I think, but it's a very effective one, you know, and that is that, you know what, guys, we have an accident in the making, an eternal accident in the making, And it's an eternal accident in the making of our own doing in the persons of Adam and Eve long, long ago. And that's called original sin. And we're born with that. And by accepting Jesus' offer of friendship and lordship and accepting him as savior, we are able to have him take the hit for that accident, just like my dog did. I know it's kind of a simplistic thing, but it really hits home. The Bible speaks of, and I think it's in Romans, the fact that nature kind of, I'm very much paraphrasing now, but basically shows the existence of God or demonstrates God. 
And I think it doesn't surprise me at all that he would give us these furry little creatures on earth that number one, we take care of because in some ways they are very vulnerable. I told my wife the other day, it's like, we're God to Chloe. Well, Stacy is God to Chloe because that's mommy. That's her safe place. As sick as she was, mommy was going to somehow take care of that. And they look to us as their provider, but at the same time, they show us the unconditional love that only God can aside from these animals that he's given us. And not only love, but acceptance. Your service animal, your pet, they're not going to say, get away from me. You right. stink. Right. You smell bad. You've got bad breath. Get away from me. You talk too much. Oh, you know, well, no. In fact, sometimes I got to push my dog away. Get away, dude. Stop. But I love you, man. But I love you. You know, and did you ever see the movie Up? No, actually. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's all about these dogs. And there's this one dog that uh, he's a goofy dog, man. And they used to put the cone of shame, that cone <laughs> that they put on dogs' heads, yeah. you know, when, so they don't scratch their ears or whatever. <laughs> they call it the cone of shame. And this dog is hiding under the porch and he comes out and he's, I was hiding under the porch because I love you. You know, and he's just a goofy, <laughs> goofy dog. Yeah. And, uh, and just an amazing personality. And people, oh, dogs aren't like that. And I am not a dog person, but my service dog, first Jackson, and then my current dog, Hurley, have been so wonderful to me. And, you know, like most people, I used to walk with a cane and said, oh, I could never give my life to a dog, yeah. put my life in the paws of a <laughs> dog. Are you kidding? But boy, that changed. And, it was very devastating to lose someone that that was that close. I mean, literally, I did spend more time with that dog than my wife because when my wife and I were together, the dog was with us. Mm-hmm. And then when my wife was home taking care of the kids and I was out on the road working and Jackson just happened to be with me at a time where with Serotech, you know, I was traveling all over the place. Serotech didn't have a lot of money at all. Not that we have a lot of money now, but we had even less money then. So when I would go somewhere, I would have to take public transportation and all kinds of interesting ways of getting around. Uh, I would start, for example, in New York and work my way through the Northeast, going to Boston and going to uh, Washington, D.C. and going to Pennsylvania and all on trains and you know, (laughs) buses and that kind of thing, not on planes. I'd fly up there and start in one place and fly back after two, three weeks on the road while the dog would be dead tired. Yeah. But he was there and he would comfort me at night uh, when I would miss my wife, miss my kids. He was always there. I'm going through some stuff right now and my dog is also right there to comfort me, to make sure that, hey man, what's the matter? (laughs) You know? It's okay. I love you. And of course, the Holy Spirit does the same thing. You don't need to have a pet when you have the Holy Spirit. I happen to have a service dog, but Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit's been, uh, I've seen him called the Spirit of Truth, the comforter. What other titles have you? Uh, wow, the Spirit of the Truth, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to think of of course, the revealer. Uh, uh, yeah, the helper, one who comes along, you know, paraclete, one who comes alongside to help. 
I always thought that was a funny word. It parakeet. is a funny word. Not to be confused with parakeet. I was going to say, you notice I took very <laughs> deliberate measures to make sure I pronounced it correctly when I said it. Yeah, they're talking about birds on the show now. Wow, man. No, no, no. <laughs> the paraclete. But yeah, this is a very simple, for those of you who are looking for big theological stuff tonight, you know, a big theological conversation. It's not. Nope. <laughs> it's just love, man. Just love. And God taking some of his love and pouring it into his creation and just an invitation that unlike my service dog, which went home to be with Jesus, God's love never leaves us. It never forsakes us. And it's something that should you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart today, you will never be alone again until you get home in glory. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. From, from the day that you say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and you know, live your life in me and through me, your life's never going to be the same again. It's going to be just the love of God, no matter what the situation goes. And, and you know, it's not like you become a Christian and everything is going to be all hunky-dory and life is going to be perfect and, you know, you're going to be on cloud nine all the time. That's not what it means. We still live in a fallen world and we are still fallen man living in that fallen world. And as I was telling somebody earlier today, when you got fallen man in a fallen world, you're going to have a whole lot of fallout. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? Yeah. How's my English? That's great. That's the truth. Yeah. 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 I'm from Florida, man. We use the word <laughs> ain't here. But uh, for those of you who don't know what ain't, isn't that the truth? Yes. But I mean, it, it really never ceases to amaze me the level of love that I receive from the Lord when I'm at my worst, at my most painful, sometimes even most angriest moments. The love of God just comes in and just overwhelms me with his goodness, with his kindness. And I can't explain it. It's not something that I can say, oh yeah, you know, it feels like there's nothing like the love of Jesus. And if you tonight or today or this morning are tuning in, whether it be for the first time or for the 15th time, and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, then let me introduce you. Let me invite you to receive the most amazing love that you could ever receive from someone who, it says here in John 15, 16, that Jesus chose us. We didn't choose him. He already chose you. There are some folks who believe in predestination and their definition of predestination means that some are going to accept Christ, others are going to hell. Basically, God made some for heaven and some for hell. That's not my definition of predestination. Predestination means to me that Christ made a heaven big enough for all of us. And he predestined you to be there. You know, through no personal fault of your own from the beginning, unfortunately, you were born into sin. And because you were born into sin, you were a slave of that sin and it caused you to sin even more. And it was a perpetual chain that can be broken right now, today, and stopped and canceled. And you are no longer a slave and you are no longer destined for that other place, for hell. No, you are predestined for heaven, that you were predestined for heaven. And that means that your place in heaven was already bought and paid for. 
It was bought and paid for 2,000 years ago on a cross at Calvary by the most righteous blood that was ever spilled in the universe, and that is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you don't know him, please, please, please. I tell people, pray the fair prayer. Jesus, if you're real, then make yourself real to me. And if you're not, well, then I'm just praying into the air and it don't matter. And I tell you, as crazy as that may sound, there are so many people that I have talked to throughout the years that have said, Mikey, you know, I prayed that prayer. And now that I'm a Christian, it's a few years later. That is probably one of the most unorthodox prayers I've ever heard. (laughs) But it worked for me and God met me there. And that's what the scripture says. If you take a step towards the Lord, he's going to take so many steps towards you because he's just waiting for you. Why is he waiting for you? Because you have free will. You have the will to choose God's destiny for you, or you have the choice to not choose God's destiny for you. Choose God's destiny. Trust me when I tell you, it is an amazing journey. And Jesus is the most amazing friend, brother, you will ever have. Really. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. We can't comprehend that because as humans, there are a lot of things that are deal breakers. I'll be your friend unless, I'll support you unless, if you cross me, I will never forget. And that's our society. That's how we are wired. We're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of being rejected. And we're ready to keep our guard up all the time. And it's hard to think that God could know that we're human, know that we've done some incredibly stupid things, I will speak for myself, know that in spite of that, He really wants what's best for us more than we could ever want it. And and He knows what's best for us. We don't. We sometimes think we do, but generally, we don't really have a clue. But um, if we can follow Him and really let Him lead and guide our lives, He will get us where we need to go. Amen. But we want to hear from you. We want to know just what is Christ doing in your life? Is he your friend? Do you have doubts? Do you have questions? If you do, please drop us a line. We want to know all about it at info at blindjesusfreak.com. You can visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com. You can follow us on Twitter at blindjesusfreak. And we would just love to hear from you. You know, we've been talking about friends today. And before we cut out of here, Jamie, you have anything else to add to this? Just to be a friend of someone else. Ask God who you can encourage. Who can I reach out to? That's an investment. That is a scary thing because sometimes you can get burned. But God can show us who to reach out to and who to befriend. And then in turn, God can show himself to us, I think, in that way. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Blind Jesus Freak podcast. Hey, until we see each other again, remember, everybody's a freak about something, so be a freak about Jesus. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak podcast with your host, Mike Calvo, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite 
favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular biblical studies. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yes, the pun is totally intended. So stop being politically correct and let's just relate to one another as God's kids. For more information about this ministry, visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other Jesus Freaks on your favorite social networks. Remember, everybody's a freak about something. Join us and be a freak about Jesus. After all, he's crazy about you.